Band on the Run was one of those which was going to be fully a Wings album. Mm -hmm. And we had uh, Denny Seibel and Henry McCulloch, and Denny, Linda and myself. And what happened was uh, they failed to turn up. We had a big kind of thing, and it was one of those numbers, and just they kind of said, I don't want to go to Lagos and record this album, man, sorry. And it was like I was left in the lurch the last minute. It was literally an hour before we were getting the plane to go on this trip to Africa to record. We didn't know what the hell was in store. Mm -hmm. But that was my kind of, you know, that was my first uh, hint of like there was something weird happening here. So we ended up there, just three of us, in uh, Lagos. And I've played a lot of stuff myself. I played the drums myself, the bass myself, a lot of guitar with Denny. Did a lot of the vocals myself. And I took a lot of control on that album. So it, it was almost a solo album. Welcome this week's When They Was Fab. I'm Ed Chan. And I'm Lonnie Pena. And I'm Martin Quibell. And I'm done with COVID, well, mostly. Yay. You sound mm. a lot better than last episode. <laughs> and these folks didn't hear the outtakes. Well, it wasn't too bad. There was definitely some COVID going on yeah. last week. You were coughing and you were, yeah. Kind of horse. You're a little horse. A little bit, a little bit. But, a horse, horse. But, but we have made it through, and I'm still with you. So for yes. better or for worse. He's still standing, folks. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that other guy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the uh, godfather of who? Sean? That is Sean's godfather, and that was the man who Yoko Ono invited to finish Milk and Honey. That's right. So. Mm -hmm. All right. There are some things going on in the Beatle world this week. The Beatles won a Grammy for the I'm Only Sleeping music video. That surprised me. Yeah. Mainly because, wasn't that video like two years ago? <laughs> it was part of the Revolver package. Peace and love, peace and love, Ringo here. What a beautiful day. My spirits are high because September the 5th at Tanglewood, we start the tour again. What do you think? I love the cover. Of course, I love the music too. And for those who are guessing what the hell's happening, it's Revolver, that's coming out soon too. The new mixes, the mastering. So, gonna be great. Okay. Wow. That is a really great music video. Yeah, I like the canvas painting effects. It was well-deserved, very well-deserved. Yeah, it's nice to watch when you wake up in the morning. And it's not effects. The film is made up of individual oil paintings. So it is made up, I think, of over 1,300 paintings. But yeah, I'm literally painting a frame. I take a shot and then I usually just wipe it and repaint next shot. I mean, next frame and the next frame and the next frame and the next frame. And it, 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 that's my process. So it's really old school. It's just frame by frame. Wow. It's beautiful video. Yes, back in the days, kids, they didn't used to make animation with computers. It was hand-drawn or painted. I'm happy for the creator. It's really great, and it's, it's really great that the Beatles got yet another Grammy Award. 60 years later, they're still doing it. They're yeah. not going to catch up to Taylor Swift, but that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> they might have to be a bit swift. <laughs> All right, all right, enough of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, then we got some new news on the Ringo 
release front. Some yes. really good news as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. I love well, this. It's something about mm-hmm. what's the news? Tell us. Tell us. Okay, so still in the studio. Um, you know what's happening? I was going to do an e- country EP, but as things are unfolding, it's probably going to be like a real CD. Ten tracks. Can you believe it? I haven't done one of them in a long time. So that's getting made ready. Of course, we have the Linda Perry produced Crooked Boy EP of Ringo. She wrote the songs for me. She produced them. She's a beauty. So musical. She's a, and she has a great vibe. Peace and love, Linda. What we'd been told was that the country EP was done and was coming out in March, and it would be followed by the Linda Perry written and produced EP. Did Linda Perry any kin to uh, Richard Perry? No, and not any kin to Steve Perry either. So Okay. Yeah, yeah different yeah. worlds. In his February announcement, Ringo surprised us all. He said coming up next is going to be the Linda Perry EP, which is now entitled... Crooked Boy. What's the significance of that title? Do we know? Don't know. He did not tell us. Song title. He has shown us what the inside and outside sleeve of the EP is going to look like. And if you blow it up, he actually gave us the uh, inner sleeve with the lyrics on it. So you can get a little preview of the lyrics if you really want. Okay, that is a song title. I haven't blown it up yet, but they do appear to be legible. Okay. The front cover is, well, 60 years ago. It's Ringo in Miami, one of those shots. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. I can. It's kind of a silhouette. It's hard to see. On it, the I, inside, it's a silhouette. Yeah. On on the front cover, it's almost like Meet the Beatles. It's black and white. Oh, okay. That is apparently coming sooner than we expected, so that seems to have taken over the slot for late March or early April. And the Country EP with T-Bone Burnett has... Expanded into a full LP. When is that going to be released? He did not say. The four tracks that were going on the EP are done. And since he's announcing it, probably summer. But he has announced that it's not going to be an EP. It's going to be a full LP. Yep. That is what he said on his update on his website is uh, that he's doing something he hasn't done in a while. He's putting out a full nine or ten song LP which is obviously something which has grown out of the country EP that he had planned. Things were going so well, I guess he liked working with T-Bone and they had enough time that here's more songs. And so he's got himself a full LP, an actual honest-to-goodness follow-up to Bukua Blues. Well, there's a lot of country being played right now, you know, everywhere these days. We might see him. On one of these country music awards shows or something. Uh, What I would like to see, I mean, it's too late for this year. I said it before, I really want to see Ringo at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And he would love it, you know. Oh, yeah. I'll show him around. (laughs) We know where to go, right, Ed? For a good time. (laughs) We'd have to go find some vegetarian places for him, though. Oh, well, that's going to be hard to find. No barbecue for Ringo. Ringo is a strict (laughs) vegetarian these days. Veggie brisket. (laughs) Well, there are actually some good Mexican vegetarian places. Portobello. (laughs) Well, there you go. So Everybody likes a mac cheese. Exactly. (laughs) So, Marv, every year they have what is one of the largest rodeos in the country, in the United States. And as part of that... Every night for that period of time, they will bring on a different act. That sounds cool. Oh, it's a big deal here in Houston. And it is preceded by what is known as the world's largest barbecue cook-off. So some year you're going to have to come over in early to mid-February and we can get some passes and you, you can experience some real Texas barbecue. I'm really happy. I'm really excited that this has grown into a, a full LP. I'm actually excited about it. Mm, me too. It, I'm going to buy it. That EP is in a green vinyl, right? The picture they had was of green yeah. vinyl. I haven't gone and pre-ordered mine yet. I guess the pre-orders are up. We'll find out. Yep. Sweet. Ringo. And for those looking for an update on Lonnie and myself and the fake Lego, Ed Sullivan, (laughs) Lonnie found one at Walmart, and I found mine (laughs) and have reserved one. So we are both getting one, and Lonnie actually has an extra. Unfortunately, we're not giving it away, but he will be putting it on eBay real soon. I was so excited. I cannot tell you, Ed, because I have been to like 10 Walmarts here. 
in this area in three different cities. And I found it at the Walmart that's located in Katy, Texas here, near Houston. And I tell you, I felt like a kid in a toy store, although I was in the toy department. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I'm a happy man. We did indeed each buy one, and we will assemble one of them, I think. You want to put one in your rooms. Maybe we'll get together and assemble one. Maybe we can do that at a pre-Super Bowl party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> the other thing we've seen of late, Paul was at the uh, Music Cares celebration for John Bon Jovi. Paul and and Nancy, and the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Why was he there? They're buddies. They're buddies? Okay. Bon Jovi showed up at the McCartney show in New Jersey. Do I hear that that John Bon Jovi may potentially occasionally battle imposter syndrome? Throughout any guy's career, you have to have. I, I don't know anybody who's so full of himself that they think that they had it the whole time. I've talked to, to Paul McCartney, to Bruce Springsteen, you know, ev- everybody at one point or another thought they were full of it, you know, that they were like, nah, it's, I'm fooling everybody. I'm getting, just getting away I'm with getting it. Getting away with it, right. Yeah, I think everybody has that. It's those who work their asses off, not one or two or five or 10 albums, but 20 albums in. Right. You know, you talk to Bruce today, He's working his ass off. You talk to Paul McCartney at 80-plus years old, he's off to rehearsals right now. Right. He's 80. I saw the picture of Paul Bon Jovi and Bruce Springsteen. So Paul is still out there. Paul is traveling back and forth, having fun. So that was a Grammy Award, Music Cares? Every year, the Grammy Foundation puts on a show honoring one artist. Ten years ago, actually, for the... 50th they did a Beatles thing yeah that was when we got Paul and Ringo together awesome the honoree this year was John Bon Jovi and Paul is obviously tied into that foundation they gave him the award and he donates money to it and so he came over to New York City and he attended the celebration and the other rumor we're starting to hear is that Paul may be Moving into the home stretch of his next release. Ooh, okay. It's been a couple of years, right? McCartney 3. Well, we just celebrated the third anniversary. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah we're going to do McCartney 4. <laughs> it's going to be multivinyl and everything else under the sun. <laughs> and despite my reluctance, I did finally go and buy not three. I did just buy one. We'll see what I get when I get it. One of the colors of the McCartney three. You did? All right. I did indeed. So I was reluctant. I was reluctant. But then, well, okay, I'll do it. You did it. Yay, it! Yay. <laughs> Spending all this money, but. Money for nothing. <laughs> and his chips for three. <laughs> All right, we are moving into what is the new release, what we've actually got out there. And for those of you wondering, so there are three physical versions of this available. There is the CD version, which in the States is less than 20 bucks, and that contains mm-hmm. two CDs. It's not actually a remaster. We're not getting anything new in the proper version of Band it's on the Run. It's not remastered. It's not remixed. <laughs> it's the regular old Band on the Run. It's not an Atmos. <laughs> And it's not an atmos. We do get the second disc, which is what we're going to be talking about today, the underdub mix. So the second version is 180-gram half-speed master of the original album. And this is the original American album, so it has Helen Wheels on it. Right. And it has the photographs. I think Linda's on the right. Because the photographs in the back of the album were different. Were different, yeah. From UK and US. And as Lonnie was noticing, the half speed, just the album proper, has the OB on it. I like the OB, but I didn't get it. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> and then the third physical version, which is mostly only available from the McCartney site, is not available on Amazon, is a two LP version, which is the only way you can get the underdub version on vinyl. And you also get the same half-speed master, but Mm -hmm. it does not have the OB on it. It does not. Oh. There's nothing on the album that indicates it's a half-speed. The OB would do that, but there's no little fine print anywhere on there that says, other than the fact that Ed has told me it's half-speed. But you do get the nice slip cover. The slipcase yes, for yeah. both of them. So, I mean... Yeah, and you got some good posters. You got two posters in there. Yeah, you, you get two yeah. sets of 
Polaroid posters, one being a reproduction of the original mm-hmm. Van Other on Polaroid yeah. poster, and the second one being a new one. Yeah, that's fun. I think we're all really happy about that. We're going to go through the record, and then we're going to just talk about some of our general opinions on this and why is McCartney doing this and so on and so forth. With regards to the posters, it's great that they did that. Yeah, but the CD has the posters too, but they're printed on both sides. So if you want to put it on your wall, you have to pick which side you want. (laughs) As with all CD releases, it's miniature. I have to get my trifocals out for that, folks. I have trifocals, and then i got to get my magnifying glass. <laughs> Each of the polarized on either side is roughly the size of a postage stamp. Yeah. So that is reason enough to buy one or both of the LP versions to get an actual, honest-to-goodness, full-size poster. Very true. I have various copies of that, because I think I have a copy of the deluxe vinyl that I bought years ago i think and then i've got in this miniature as well from the anniversary issue that i got as well the 25th i think so the one which has the interview on disc too which is a great disc what we were kind of saying is paul really should have just revamped the archive edition because band on the run i think it was actually the very first of the archive edition and he didn't really know how he wanted this thing to go and it's pretty thin as opposed to what we got, you know, the really nice books and some of the miscellaneous art materials that we got in some of the other books. It's just not there for the band on the wrong one. Yeah, it's really, really thin. And it, this would have been perfect addition. I've said like, the same thing. Deluxe but, box. Yeah. 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 But then we all would have complained. It's like, he's making us spend a hundred bucks again. Well, between the two, vinyl and CD, it was nearly 100 bucks. And then I bought it twice because <laughs> I forgot I bought it the first time, Marv. <laughs> what, see, you guys have something to look forward to when you get in your mid-60s. You just can't remember. In six months, he'll be selling that for a fortune on eBay. I hope so. So we need to talk it up. It's a great combination of songs. <laughs> I don't know how limited the CD is. The vinyl is certainly a limited edition. They do make that point everywhere. Well, I don't think it's going to be like ridiculously priced, I think you will be able to make a bit of a profit on it. All righty. So into the underdubbed mix, this is presumably, although I'm not completely sure what Paul left with out of Lagos. Because, you know, he did a bunch of overdubs, which became the finished record in London once he was done with what he recorded in Lagos. Yeah, Uh, he he did a lot of work in Lagos, you know. There may be some of the overdubs that he did in London, but certainly not the orchestra. That was not done, and and that was done by our good friend, Mr. May Pang, Tony Visconti. Yes. I was waiting for that, Ed. Not just Mr. Maypang, but Mr. Mary Hopkin as well. Oh, that's right. It's like that Beach Boy song, I Get Around. (laughs) (laughs) We'll discuss as we go through each song, but for the most part, what's missing is the orchestration and some of the overdubs, you know, like in some cases where you had the guitar double tracked, it's single tracked in this version. It's stripped down to some extent. None of these songs have orchestra. I don't think any of them have horns or anything, right? The horns weren't with them down in Lagos. Right. I like the stripped-down version of Ben on the Run. What we all still want is the full Wings tape that Paul took with him, which the copies got stolen. But as Alan Cozen tells us, Paul still has the band version of all of these demos sitting in the MPL archive somewhere. Yeah. The amazing thing about it, if you look at the time this was recorded, September 73, yeah. Paul was only 31 years old. Yeah. I mean, he was so young. His voice is incredible, by the way. one of the big winners on this set yeah although not the biggest winner no but you can hear he's just so young he has good vocal range and so like bad on the run it's just an alternate vocal right doesn't sound like the i think uh, some of it is i don't know if all of it is or not because some of these songs we'll get to them they're the take you know we hear it later 
but some of these are early vocals. It just sounds so good. <laughs> Not quite scratch vocals, but it is a finished version, but one he decided, oh, I can do that better. Absolutely. Yeah. Th- this song, I thought that the title track, Band on the Run, the first half of it until you get to that transition, it's almost all there, except for some little bits needed adding to it. And then the second half, after the transition, when you go into the acoustic-led section, you can hear that it is much more stripped back than the first half is. Paul did band on the run in pieces. I mean, we know that. Yeah, and you can actually hear some of the edits. Yeah. yeah. You can hear the the join edits. That's that's pretty cool. I like those little things. <laughs> and you can also definitely hear what Paul was thinking in as much as he knew what the final mix would be. It's like, oh, well, you know, here's a little mistake, but I can leave that in because I know it's going to be covered up by something. Right. Doesn't he start, like, playing a little guitar thing with his vocals? Yes. And it's like, all right. Well, he knew in his head what he wanted there. And he was verbalizing it. (laughs) I mean, we talk about Brian Wilson and how Brian Wilson knew what the song sounded like. Paul McCartney very much on this record knew exactly what he wanted. And you can hear kind of what he was thinking on the plane. It's like, okay, I'm going to show them. I'm going to do this record. And this is going to be the best Wings record ever. And it is. Uh, well, and it was. Maybe it's the best Wings record. Whether it's the best McCartney record, we'll discuss that at the end of the okay. show. So, okay. Man on the Run, which we've had now for, oh, maybe a month. The first thing which really, be other than Paul's lead vocal, which, as we say, is great, is Linda's vocal. Linda sounds great here. She really does. I always love hearing her background vocals. I'm guessing in later overdubs, they've overdubbed a lot more of the three of them doing backing vocals. But on this, you've got the bear, just the three of them going through once or maybe twice of the backing vocals. And they sound gorgeous. The three of them together. It's kind of what we've always said about Wings, that what separated Wings from the Beatles was those three voices together. And dare I say it, you know, as opposed to the final band on the run, this one kind of sounds a little bit more beatle than the actual finished record because it's so stripped back. You know, it sounds like it might be something recorded between Help and Rubber Saw almost. I thought that when I first heard this album there were certain songs that went wow that's like could be from the white album all the get back sessions type beer Mm -hmm. yeah i bought this album when it came out when it was released this blew me away christmas of 73 but i mean this version in particular (laughs) certainly yeah but i'm just generally speaking this album blew me away lonnie i'm going to shock you that's the first time that i heard it as well awesome you were just a little one i was only three just a little lad from <laughs> wherever. Teeny weeny. Oh, Marv. You could have sat on my lap. Paul's acoustic playing on here. This is one where you can hear his fingers on the string. It's lovely. The whole production, the recording, the qualities is great. We'll talk about acoustic again on the next song. And considering the studio is in Lagos, the condition wasn't all that great. It's, you know, I guess it's just that they were using really good tape and they had good engineers with them. Oh, definitely. Lonnie, when he's done the acoustic, do you think he's possibly done it in that booth that they built to give it separation and give it that clarity? Yeah, possibly. And, you know, it's it's all about the microphone Mm. that they use. I'm sure the acoustic, maybe it was line in. I don't know. It could have been mic'd as well as line in. 
That's how I normally record acoustic. I do both. Yeah. And then on the outro of the song, Paul starts scatting a little bit. We get some oh yeahs and uh ahas and almost (laughs) Elvis types isms. Some of it comes through on the final record, but most of that gets covered up. Yeah. Well, that's the fun stuff. That's what's great about this type of release. You hear things like that. I appreciate hearing the stuff that you would have never heard, obviously. You can hear bits of the vocal that have been kept, but you can also hear bits of the vocal that have been taken out or bits of the vocal that were re-recorded as well. To me, it sounds like this some of Lagos stayed in the eventual finished mix lead vocal, but it feels like he's done some re-record of some bits of the vocal to give it something different. Yeah, people are complaining about this on Facebook and other places, but if this had been a bootleg release in like 2004, this would be, have you heard this? Have you heard this disc? Yeah, true. (laughs) I'm guilty as charged. (laughs) I'm guilty as charged. And we would have willingly paid 40 or 45 bucks for that bootleg. Yeah, but we've, we've discussed between us before <laughs> recording, haven't we, about how some people have misunderstood what the whole thing is about. It's not a remix. It's basically what we call rough mixes that we used to do back in the day in studios. It's a shame we don't have John Stone here with us. He would expound on that to a great degree, although he's also one of those folks who's just a little bit cynical because it's like, People won't know what is the final release. And, uh, you know, I, I get his point. So the order of the record is also changed. The order as presented on the underdub version is apparently the order that was just on the tape that Paul had. Okay. So is it the order that it was recorded in? It's the order he assembled the tape. Whether that is the order he recorded in, I, probably not. Probably recorded on separate pieces of tape. The second song on the disc is Mamunia, which is not too terribly different from the final version the acoustic tracks are much more like they are on the final version here yeah there's no synth i don't think i didn't hear any synthesizers at all um you've you've got a droning synth every now and again that's that's doing something in the background but you've not got the um yeah you don't have the lead synth. the the main the main Mm, overdub no that's not there I think that the acoustic guitar shine in this with everything else not there at this point. The guitars by Paul and Denny just sound really beautiful together. Lovely playing. And those bongos. I love the sound of those bongos. Yeah, the vocals, they sound like they were pretty well done. I mean, it's a finished vocal. As we were discussing with the band on the run, Linda and Denny doing that. Next time you see LA rain clouds, don't complain. It rains for you and me. That is amazing. Yeah, it is. Crystal clear. Then again, on the outro, you get Paul making some little vocalizations. Track three, if you don't count Band on the Run, this is the first real solid rocker. It's no words. like this one the only thing i didn't like i didn't like the fact they faded out because it's not a long song
Well, I would have loved to hear more of that lead guitar at the end. Another minute of it would have been nice versus fading it out, you know. That lead is great. This is the one that it's double tracked on the final version. And, and here they have just got one copy of the guitar playing. It's the right, same track. Right. Was it re-recorded as an overdub? That would be my guess, yes. Yeah, that's possible. Slightly negative. You can really hear Paul's drumming here. And, you know, Paul is a very good timekeeper drummer, but he's not always fancy. Turn your head away And someone's thinking of you I wish you'd see It's only me I love you It's just yeah, basic he's, drums. I say he's, he's keeping time here, doing what needs to be done, but this is one where I'm willing to bet that the full band version, there's some fills in there that Paul didn't do. Yeah. The other thing is the bass. Paul's bass sounds really good. The bass has to stand out for this whole album. Yeah, that Rickenbacker's really kicking it, isn't it, on there? Yeah. As we discussed when talking about Denny Lane, the fact that this is only somewhat a McCartney song, that it's really as much a Denny Lane song, gives Paul a little room to do that, to play the bass, to, to not be as concerned about the song as a whole. Yeah, and this is the one, uh, when I heard it way back when, this is one that I thought that would be great on the White Album. It's such a Beatle-ish type of song. Which is funny because Paul didn't write it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's a Denny Lane song. <laughs> right. But, uh, well, he but, was influenced by the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually one of my favorite songs off of here. This and the next one, the two rockers are great. Those two plus Let Me Roll It would have made a really nice EP. We'll let Band on the Run be on the EP, huh? Yeah. To fill out the four songs. Yep, there you go. All right, so track four, the underdub version of Jet. And in this form, it rocks pretty hard. Yeah, I like that Moog. It's a bass Moog in the back. You can hear it. I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I noticed I like that. that. So, so the actual bass guitar was an overdub in London, was it? Probably. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, a lot that stands out in this mm. stripped-down version. So over the intro, Paul does a little scat. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I like that. That's kind of a White Album thing brought over to here. Despite my comments about Paul's playing of the drums, here they're really good. They're really solid. This is the kind of drumming that Paul excels at. It's not only keeping the beat, but it is just enough rocking out. He's a solid drummer on this one. His fills are great. Again, he's not really doing any fancy fills, no. but but he's doing just enough to to keep it going as a, as a solid rock song. Particularly when you get to that ah mater, that bit, there's a little bit of reverb on the drums, which just sounds tremendous. He spent some time on this one. It was obvious. Paul may be aping Ringo ever so slightly there. <laughs> Properly. Either him or uh, Ginger Baker. <laughs> this is true. Ginger <laughs> Baker was around. He was down the street right at the other studio. <laughs> and he came in to do some overdubs with Paul. We know that story as well. 
Yeah, he rescued Paul from a potential riot situation, but that's mm-hmm. for another time. <laughs> As I discussed with Marv, we've been doing this show, f- well, you and I have been doing this show for, what, about six years now, Lonnie? I don't remember. It's been so long ago. And then there was a full year before that, but we've actually never done a band on the run show. You know, we've told most oh. of those stories in various yeah. other shows, but I could not find that in any any iteration of this podcast that we've ever done a band on the run show. Wow. Well, there you go. So so we, we need to at some point. Let's do in- it. The McCartney, the legend. We need, we need the gap full back together. <laughs> and then here's another one where Linda's that sounds just great and that's really almost a, a Linda solo she can sing some backups she yeah, doesn't no, need no, no. too much of, of help but she can she, do it she's well practiced by, by, with it by now I would have thought Yeah. this is only 1973 she'd only been doing it for two or three years but what you can hear is you know paul likes to tell that story about how linda would listen to the girl groups as we discuss on the toppermost side a lot and she modeled her singing style after that you know she toured they had the college tour and then they had the europe tour so she had some time to practice in front of an audience at that you know the only other thing, there's that little bit where the guitar and synth are going on, which is nice, but it's a little bit bare in this version. It's supposed to be bare. And then this is the one you mentioned where Paul is singing the horn part. <laughs> oh! Again, he knew what he wanted. It was all in his head. It was. And then there's a little bit of studio chat, which is kind of illegible. Back next week I missed that. It's like during the fade or what? During the fade. Ah. You, you got what sounds like Paul talking to the producer. Okay. So, I wonder why sample that. Yeah, I wonder why <laughs> they didn't have more studio chat on this release as like a bonus or something. We need another disc. We need a nice uh, five or six disc band no, on the we, run We need set. the fly yeah. on the wall version. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, let it be. Yeah. Fly on the wall. Yes. <laughs> track five, it's another acoustic track which is very close to the finished version uh, minus the horns it's bluebird it's the basic track This is the finished version, I think, without the horns. <laughs> All you need is the horns, and it's done. I think they've replaced the guaro. I don't know. In this, Lonnie. You think it's different, or do you think they just mixed it down in the final word? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There's some bits that don't sound quite in, in the same time as the, the released version to me. But I could be wrong. It could just be like they've added reverb on the eventual mix that sort of like made it sound different i wasn't sure what exactly that instrument was i think it's a guano. yeah i don't know yeah i've got two of them at the side of me if you want me to play them okay so so you know what it sounds like and you think that's what it sounds like i, I won't disagree with you i think that's what it is yeah and here you get one of the <laughs> bigger screw-ups uh, something goes really wrong with the guitar right mm-hmm. before paul goes into that singing bluebirds bit and it's like but he didn't correct it, and I don't know if he edited it out of the final version or if he just covered it up. Yeah, probably edited it out. <laughs> yeah. This song had been around for a while, and we got a glimpse of it, like, what, nine months before? Yep. Uh, on uh, the McCartney special. Mm-hmm. Late at night when the I'll come flying through your door And you'll know our love is for I'm a bluebird, I'm a bluebird, I'm a bluebird, I'm a 
bluebird, I'm a bluebird. Touch your lips with a magic kiss, and you'll be a bluebird too. I'm a bluebird. I'm a bluebird. I'm a bluebird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bluebird. I'm a bluebird. I'm a bluebird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bluebird. 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 Track number six. One of Paul's live favorites, Mrs. Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's one of my favorites as well. This one sounds a bit more like a demo. You think? I, I was thinking mm. it sounds much like the release version, but without the horns. The vocal's slightly different, I think. Okay. Yeah, the vocals sound different. I think some of that made its way into the final vocal. There's at least a verse or so, which is a different vocal. Okay, so they added a little bit more overdubs, I guess. Yeah, that, that okay. would be my guess. Another one where Paul's lead vocal is just tremendous. This was Paul singing at his best. <laughs> Those were the days, folks. <laughs> Love it. The Runaway Don't Bother Me... Another one where you hear Paul, Linda, and Denny, and they are together. None of the three dominate. It is the genuine blend of those three voices. They had a unique vocal range there, them three. The plenty of time of my own, Paul's playing the guitar. Again, he knows what he wants the horns to play because he's kind of mimicking that on the guitar. He's giving the horn players instructions without having to give them, do this. Absolutely. That just gets me. That's amazing that, you know, this guy was a genius. He had everything worked out, but it was all in his head. Nothing was written down, right? He doesn't write music. I'm sure he had notes, and I'm sure he knew what the chord changes were. I'm sure he'd written those Yeah, that's all you can write down. But But you're not writing down music transcripts and so forth. So who did the arrangement then based on Paul's notes? Maybe that was Howie Casey? Yeah, but a lot of the times he just verbalized what he wanted to the horn sections. Yeah, I think Howie Casey, he played on this album. For like Penny Lane, Paul would sing something to George Martin and George Martin would write it down. That's what Paul did. But here for Man on the Run, I don't know that anyone ever necessarily transcribed it. He's working with horn players he knows. Right. So so they were used to him just kind of singing at them or, or say, you know, okay, do this guitar part on the horns. Right. The other thing that I really notice in this version is the tempo change as it gets faster toward the end. It really feels like it's going up a half step in tempo. That's live. I mean, this is the beautiful thing about the way we used to record. Now everything is on click tracks. (laughs) It's too perfect, but that's for a different story. It's the difference between Free as a Bird and Now and Then. Yeah. yeah. Free as a Bird, which Ringo still complains about, was Jeff Lynne locking him into a click track. That's right. Mm. <laughs> and now and then is just letting Ringo breathe and play the way he wants to yeah. underneath the song. I use GarageBand to record, and it demands you stay on that click track. And it, it changes. It's not organic recording like it used to be. Yeah, it doesn't like you changing time signature either. Right, exactly. You cannot do that. You have to record a whole different take. Which is why Mars still pulls out his four-track recorder to record on. No. It is. I have an old eight-track uh, false text riddle reel. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Track number seven, 1985. What a lot of people were surprised at is that Paul had not done a lead vocal in Lagos. There is no lead vocal to this version of the song.
this is the one I was highly disappointed because there's no lead vocal. I want to hear an alternate demo lead vocal, <laughs> but there's nothing. Yeah. It's an instrumental. So, so he did not written the lyrics at this point? I don't know. I kind of think he had because you have Paul Lynn and Denny singing the backing vocal so they know where things are going to go. Again, this is a case where... We want the full band version there, Paul. I think he wrote the lyrics as they were recording the song. The working title was the keyboard song. As far as the bits you hear, you can hear the shaker. The shaker, really nice and loud. Yeah. 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 Without the vocals, you could hear a lot of things. There's there's a lot of nice parts in here. Like the, the piano by itself and the synth. I love Paul's piano playing here. Although, now that you can hear exactly what Paul's playing, this is another one of those Paul McCartney-style piano songs. You know, it, it mm -hmm. almost sounds kind of like the way he described how he wrote Let It Be. It's like, you, you put your three fingers here, you, you move them <laughs> over one, you move them over. You can hear how that wound his way into this track right, as well. Right, right. Yeah. Do you think it's halfway between Let It Be and Lady Madonna, then? More like birthday, maybe, I would say. Yeah. So you get where Paul goes to when he jams. Another one where the oohs are really, really nice. The Paul and Denny. As the only real vocalization you get on this version of the track, they sound just tremendous. Yeah. That's the only vocal you get. <laughs> it's the background vocal ooze. Ooh. This is the karaoke version, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and then the solo at the end, uh, on the finished version, that solo kind of fades out, fades in and fades out. I really, really like the version of the solo here where you can hear the whole thing. I love it. It's mixed up. It's crystal clear. It doesn't fade in and out. It, that is, it is really nice. I, that's one thing I do like about this. The synth there at the end is ever so slightly weird. It's not yeah. bad sounding. It's just a little bit weird. Well, it's just the one note, right? It's well, like, it's a couple of yeah. alternating notes. I yeah. mean, it's not quite what you would call a riff, but it's yeah. kind of the edge of what Linda's synth playing was at the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely. She decided to get in on the jam, and, and it, it didn't quite work the way she'd hoped. Okay, maybe there's two notes then. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, two notes, folks. I can fade around with the wah-wah sound. <laughs> she's doing the slider, is she, at the side? Is that what she's doing? Yeah. If you want to see some of the easiest parts ever in the rock band game, pick up Linda's keyboard parts. Again, not that they sound bad, but it is very much put your finger down, Hold. Now lift it back up. Now move it over. <laughs> it's all about timing. It is all about it's timing. It's all so. about timing. <laughs> I love the bass on this. The cymbals and the guitars take over at the end of the song. There's almost certainly some stuff that they didn't mean for us to hear, but we now get to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Those are the little pleasant surprises that I did enjoy about this, when you hear things like that. Track number eight, Picasso's Last Words, Drink to Me. This vocal, again, at least some of it is different. It is. I like it. It, it is an alternate vocal, for sure. A grand old painter last night his paintings on the wall before he went he bade us well and said good night to us all drink to me drink to my health you know I can't drink anymore It came without a warning, but I'll be waiting 
baby. This is one where uh, it feels like Paul is just kind of staggering around a little bit on the drum. Again, not that it's bad, but even his timekeeping seems to break yeah. down a little bit here. That may be intentional. It may be what he was... Uh you know, looking to achieve. Maybe he wanted to sound like he'd been drinking. That's kind of what I think. He's, oh, he's going point. along with the lyrics and his, you know, drink to me, drink to my health. It's like, okay, so I'm going to echo that on the drums. Good point. Yeah. But that's one you got to yeah. think about a little bit. Yeah. When you, when you just first listen to it, it's like, oh, he's kind of staggering around a little bit on the drums. I wonder why that is. Sometimes he's behind the beat on purpose almost. Yeah. And it doesn't have auto-correct to try to get it correct on time again. Yes, no quantization like, He couldn't here. do this today, right? He could not do this today. He could not do this today, yes. I can do it on my full track. <laughs> I go to Marv's house. He has a four track, Paul. <laughs> we get a little bit of backwards symbol here, which is one of the few effects we actually get on mm -hmm. this version of the record. That's pretty cool. The partygoer commentary has yet to be recorded, so yeah. that's not here. But there's a little bit of chitter-chatter. Hey, there's, you know? there's Paul and Linda, <laughs> yeah. and to a lesser extent, Denny, yeah. chitter-chattering about, yeah. but it's not what they eventually settled on. No. It's closer to the bonzos. It's closer to the bonzos. It may just be kind of, oh, well, you know, we're going to have some talking here, so so let's just put some scratch chat. Right. Yeah, Well, they knew what they wanted. And Paul knew it wasn't just an edit to go back and forth in and out of Jet. He's actually doing it on the version, and that's mm. really pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that he knew where all the changes were. Yes. The flow actually almost is a little bit smoother here than it is on the finished version. Mm. You know, the overdubs kind of make the flow a little bit more herky-jerky. Here it's just smooth as it goes back and forth from piece to piece. You know, we spoke of Ginger Baker earlier. This is where Ginger Baker enters the story. What does he do? He is playing gravel. Gravel? What kind of gravel? Gravel from the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sound effect. And you can hear it? You, well, you, you hear the shaker. That's what that is? Gravel? That is what that is. That's wow. Ginger oh. Baker. Probably he was drugging in while he was dragging himself into the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the picture of him on that poster. He's like, somebody knocked his front teeth out. <laughs> and his red hair is all crazy. <laughs> the poster's too small for me to so see that. <laughs> I got my magnifying glass out for that. <laughs> and you got the full-size version of it. Right. So Paul had a, a nice quote in Club Sandwich where he was talking about you know what was kind of the idea of the end of the song. I thought it would be nice to get a track a bit like that, put it through different moods, cut it up, edit it, mess around with it, like he, he meaning Picasso, used to do with his pictures. You see the old films of him painting. He paints it once, and if he doesn't like it, he paints it again right on top of it. And by about 25 times, he's got this picture. So we tried to use this kind of idea. I don't know much about it, to tell you the truth. But what we did know, we tried to get in the song, sort of a Cubist thing. So Ginger, he helped out on a few little things on it. At the end where we go, ho, hey, ho, we did the cutting up there. Then we got Ginger and a couple of people from around the studio, and we got little tin cans and filled them with gravel from outside the studio and used them as shakers. So at the end, you hear this make shaking gravel noise. And that's Ginger and a big mob of us going makes gravel noise again. So we just made it all up and then edited the tape. 
there were about four or five big edits in it, really. That's what I'm talking about. It's all organic, it, literally. <laughs> you can hear the edits here. Yeah. You know, as we were saying, you got nothing covering them up, so. No. I think that's a case where eventually when they go to London and some of the orchestration and things like that that Tony Visconti arranges, they really nicely cover those edits so that in the eventual released version back in 73, you didn't hear them. Oh, yeah, and Paul knew what he wanted. That's the revelation we really get out of this underdub release, is not only how does Paul work, it's the fact that Paul knows what the finished record is going to sound like from almost the earliest stages. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the outro, Paul does a little bit of Harry Belafonte there. Daylight come and we want to go home. That was fun. The baseline carries all the way through to the outro, which was probably meant to be a fade. He's giving us everything, so you can hear it. Yeah, this was one of my favorite tracks on the release. Album. Mm, I like that. This is one of, I, I could get lost in. This was on site two, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. This brought me back to site two of Abbey Road, <laughs> you know, because it had these different parts to it. Yeah. On the release record, it then goes out of uh, Picasso's last words into 1980. Excellent. Excellent site so, two. So this song has kept its position. I guess it has, yes. <laughs> the penultimate song. So the final song, track nine on this version of Band on the Run, the underdub version, Let Me Roll It, which, as we know, is one of Paul's favorite songs off this record. It's the song which has been in his live set from Wings Over America to today. Right. Mm. This is one he definitely is, uh, what do you say, channeling John? (laughs) At the time, he kind of denied it, and he's kind of – come around to that as various people come up to him and told him that, you know, gee, that sounds like John Lennon's style. Of course, John Lennon would, would return the favor by stealing the guitar part from Meat City. <laughs> right. <laughs> the release version has some elements of John Lennon. This version sounds like a plastic on a band. Oh, yeah. This is the raw version, and mm. it's definitely it sounds like the plastic Ono. This seriously kicks ass. heavy drums heavy vocal and the reverb on the guitar part not to say it again it is very much a plastic ono band style track and it may be part of the reason why paul wanted to cover some of that up it's like yeah that's a little bit too he had a little bit of echo on his vocal as well the wolf sound very clearly here i had heard that they've actually discovered uh, what tape that came off of that comes off of a sound effects tape that was narrated by paul newman believe it or not oh really (laughs) there is a nature documentary audio documentary of wolf sounds and paul newman narrates and and they found the exact one that's on this and the release version although you you hear it very clearly here okay i thought that was a synthesizer Nope, that, that is an actual wolf. Okay. Wow. A wolf sound. Wow. A wolf, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Paul did not bring a wolf into the studio. There was no pets actually allowed in or no. injured during the recording. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's already had, by this point, a bow and arrow in the studio and a uh, revolver. <laughs> yeah. And a pony. And he a brought pony. Jed into the studio yeah. for the Live and Let Die sessions. The organ bit, I like that. Do you think that's Linda or do you think that's Paul doing that? I think that's Paul. It sounds a little bit beyond Linda's capabilities, I think. And there's a Polaroid of him playing an organ. That might be it on the poster. (laughs) Could well be because, I mean, most of the time you hear an organ, it's not Paul because he's too busy doing everything else. Yeah. This is perhaps the biggest change 
from the version that we get on the, yeah. the record. That is the nine tracks. Uh, we don't get Helen Wheels, although we do get it on this copy of the album proper. It was never meant to be on this album, right? Al Curry at Capitol said, Paul, you're not making the most of this record. And he was right. Yeah. Helen Wheels went out as a single. It got put on the U.S. copy of the record, and it brought the record back up on the charts. That's right. So I've now got it on my copy of the CD. <laughs> so do we think the band on the run is the best of the Wings albums? I will say mm. that I don't think it's necessarily the best of the McCartney albums. I'll take Flowers over Band on the Run. Oh, okay. I mm. might take mm. Chaos and Creation over Band on the Run. Mm. It's perhaps the best of the Wings albums. For me, Band on the Run was the top for a long time. Mm-hmm. For a long time, and then I I think I overplayed it. I overplayed it, you know, or in the eighties, and then I went to Ram for a long time. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm more geared towards Ram, Press to Play, and mm-hmm. Band on the Run as my top three. You That's, are one of the few who yeah. put Press to Play up that high. <laughs> I'm one of the few who put New up that high. In this century, New is one of my favorite. <laughs> Marv. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the dog sound effects to finish. That's a woof. Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> the wolf came in too late. Is Ram considered a Wings album? I mean, I'd prefer Ram. If you're talking yeah. Paul McCartney, I put Ram ahead of that. I think Ram is possibly my favourite Paul album. But like Ed, I love Chaos and Creation. And I'll throw one from out of field here, but I like Electric electric Arguments. Yeah, you know, you're right. That's, that is... An awesome album. <laughs> it really is. That's Paul really experimenting there and exploring everything. You know, we could have electric arguments about the Beatles. You know that. <laughs> that is our subtitle. <laughs> and know. we had it before Talk More Talk has it, but, you know, yeah. it's Kit, so we'll, we'll let them use it. There you go. No royalties. Yeah. <laughs> She's the queen of all well, we, media. Well, we, we all owe Paul. <laughs> all right. So that is the underdub version. You know, I don't think it would necessarily stand by itself, but as a band on the run bootleg, and, you know, even as is, it is a really interesting look at how Paul records. It is a stripped down version. It's a released bootleg. <laughs> Very much so. And we have to thank Bob Dylan for that. I mean, you know, nowadays that's becoming much more commonplace. And uh, I don't know if I'm happier to have it in this form or if I would have rather had it cut up with other outtakes in kind of an evolution mix the way that John or that Sean does it to John's records. Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's a missed opportunity if, if, if they'd have reissued the, the archive set and had this on there, and the the wings demos as well from those sessions. They they would have been good as well. That's the one thing I think we're all still complaining about this release is Paul. We understand you got robbed. They stole copies of the tapes, but you've got the originals. Give them to us. We love your story, but we know it's just a story. Read Alan Cozen's book, Paul. Right. Do you not think that he has? I don't think he's read the whole thing. To be mm-hmm. honest with you. I think he may have read some of it. You know, he may have dipped in and out of it. He may have had someone read it for him. Which pieces of this do I really need to check on? But, you know, Paul doesn't like reading about himself. No. no. I read some, and then I also did the audio book, and it had someone read it to me. To answer your question, Marv, no, I don't think Paul has read. I think it's more likely that Paul has read, uh, the Mal Evans book has read Ken Womack's book. But even that, I'm not 100% certain. No. He may read it once it's in a paperback version. (laughs) That is our look at the underdub mix. Some of us will be back with something next week. Lonnie will be back with us real soon. Soon enough. I'll be traveling a little bit this coming week, but uh, we'll come back around. All right. We will be back soon. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Be safe, folks. Take care. Subscribe to When They Was Fab on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever finer podcasts are found. Please join our Facebook group, and we could be reached at When They Was Fab and on Gmail. The opening theme was written, produced, and recorded by Jay Young Kim 
Feast or Famine Studios, San Francisco, California. to Lagos, the best band ever I'd ever seen live in the world was this band, is, the guy's in jail I think now or something, he's, he's a bit too political for the local authorities, I know what you mean. fell around some cootie, yeah. and we saw them one night at his own club, and I was crying, it was like, it was one of those, I mean there was a lot of it was relief and there was a lot of other crazy circumstances, and I just, and some weird things happened while we were doing that album, like we got held up by a knife and stuff, and there are all sorts of weird inner things going on during it. It was like a real fight to make that album. I tell you one thing, there's sickness going on and there's some good people doing work in hospitals, but they got no bread to do it on. Not only are they working in a miserable condition with sick people, but they're, they're scraping the barrel for funds to keep going. 